And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzella and myself, Sonny, them take a look at the issues that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And, you know, Dan, one of the things that has really transpired over the last year and a half, maybe two years, due to politics, due to the pandemic, and and probably just to a a certain extent, the way the world is moving forward is a lot of people get offended. A lot of people get upset. A lot of people like to fight each other over a certain ideology. I mean, I think back even into the sports world, how there are times when sports teams, the fans, I mean, you think of Europe and the soccer fans over there that fight each other because they cheer for a different team. And even here, I know there's a You know, the playoffs going on, I know one of the biggest rivalries in baseball has always been like the Dodgers and the Giants going back to the days of New York. And I remember times when you'd have fans fighting to the point of somebody getting seriously hurt and others going to jail over it. And, you know, that's just athletics. That's just sports. And then you have, you know, music people debating this band is better than that band and this guitarist is better than that guitarist. And, you know, sometimes some of those... uh, differences can be fun you know just some friendly you know elbowing each other you know my team's better than yours but then you know also it gets to the point sometimes where it can get really serious and people can get offended but then we move into like the pandemic and the politics and now it's really we get offended over the littlest of things and if you don't believe the way i believe we got to cut each other off on social media and you know people go to the keyboards and they type out their you know message on social media whether it be facebook or instagram or something and then there's a quip back and then back and forth they go and people challenging one another and so it seems like it's gotten to the point where today in society we have really thin skin and really hard hearts and there was an article that you wrote talking about praying for a thick skin and a soft heart and i thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk about that how you know, that's really the antithesis of what we're going through today. Everybody wants to, to have that hard-hearted conversation with people, and nobody has compassion. You know, I think of, you know, Jesus on the cross, and we've talked about Petra, you know, the music group, the rock music group Petra, and how there is a song called It Is Finished. And, you know, when Jesus up on the cross, the lyrics go, instead of eyes that burned with hate, you know, a look of love was there. And so there really is an example, especially for us Christians, when we look at Jesus on the cross and kind of take that song into consideration that, you know, Jesus did not have a hard heart against the people that were sinning against him and God when he was hanging on the cross, taking the sins of the world upon him. He really had a soft heart and his thin was skick, uh, his uh, skin was thick because people even, you know, antagonizing him and tempting him and saying, hey, come down off that cross. If you're God, come down off that cross. And he was able to put up that shield against that and be able to withstand that and know that what he was doing was for, in essence, the greater good. And he was able to still have compassion on the people that were crucifying him and taunting him and teasing him. And so there really is an, ex- as an explicit example for us to follow when it comes to having a thick skin and a soft heart. And I thought that's just something that we could probably talk about because it's pretty relevant in, uh, or relevant in today's uh, day and age. Yeah, it sure is, Son. And as you say, with social media and how easy it is for people to just respond so quickly to things, it really amps it way up, you know, uh, as if we needed, you know, something like that to really light the fuse of our own human nature, which can be so prone to, you know, a quick response. Uh, it can be so prone to um, taking offense so easily. You know, I, I think by nature that is, um, 
kind of the way we are. And uh, that's why I really like that uh, quote uh, from Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Graham, uh, as I referred to in the article where, you know, she said, uh, you know, pray for uh, thick skin and a soft heart. And, you know, obviously with, with all the ministry that her husband was doing, I mean, you know, he, he would have been coming um, under criticism from, you know, just people in the world who didn't want to see, you know, the gospel advance. And so, you know, they would have, I'm sure, just had to really pray for those people who at times would, um, you know, really try to maybe make it hard for them. And, uh, but, but, you know, that's, uh, that, that's something that all of us as Christians, we, we, we know that it's no fun to be criticized. Um, we also know that if, if our, if our skin is thin, uh, then it really gets to us a lot more than if we're in a place where, um, you know, we're stronger in the Lord, uh, where we're so filled with, you know, you mentioned just the love of Christ and on the cross and just toward all the, uh, you know, all the other times, all the compassion that the Lord had for people. Um, that really is, you know, something that the Lord can give us and, and he, he works it in us. You know, um, when we, uh, when we became Christians, you know, the Lord came to live within us and his love is in our hearts, but, uh, we've also got, you know, our own nature still that we're, we're, uh, dealing with at times. And it's just a matter of saying no to, uh, our own natural impulses, our own natural way of responding. Uh, you know, I think about first Corinthians, you know, 13, where it says love is patient, love is kind. Uh, and, and it does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And, and so that's what obviously what we need in, in our day to day. We need, we need God's love in our hearts so that, um, whenever we do, uh, meet with some, um, criticism or opposition that, um, by God's grace, we, we, uh, we pray that we're not, um, uh, quick to respond and that, um, it, it doesn't need to, um, it, it really doesn't need to penetrate our heart at all, son, if, if we just rely upon the Lord to give us that thick skin. I mean, none of us, you know, like to hear, uh, any sort of criticism, but, but God can certainly protect us from that and, and give us that soft heart for people that we need, that love for people that we need. And, uh, boy, what, what, what better witnesses than, than that? You know, the Bible says, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, so it really needs to begin with, with us loving fellow Christians. Uh, and then, um, you know, Jesus said, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So it really is kind of the, the calling of a Christian, isn't it? To, to live with thick skin and a soft heart. Uh, it's not an easy calling. Um, we don't always succeed at it, uh, the way we would like, but my goodness, what a, what a noble goal. And, and as you said, son, what, 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 you know, better message for us with this social media uh, day that we're in um, to, to, to be reminded of that, um, you know, we don't have to just respond quickly to situations. Um, you know, it, it's better off just, you know, pulling back from, from that and, and just asking the Lord to bring, you know, a calm back into our heart if we find ourselves starting to kind of, you know, feel like we're starting to get maybe out of control a little bit with our emotions or maybe the way we might be tempted to respond to a situation. You know, when you think about it, there was a time when people would react, and it was probably before social media, you know, you had to you know, probably go back a few years when, you know, you might read something in a newspaper, and so maybe you send a, a comment to the, to the news press, or maybe the TV station, there's some, something that something someone said, and so you'd send them something. And so it was a little bit more difficult for people to respond but as we grow with technology and as we grow with access to technology and you think about things like Twitter, for example, and, you know, Facebook, 
those two tend to be like kind of the biggest areas where people can have an instantaneous correspondence because some of the other social medias are just for videos and pictures makes uh makes it a little bit harder to you know have that kind of exchange on some of those sites but you know twitter facebook they tend to be the hotbeds for this and and it seems like it's it's escalating you know i've had to kind of since this pandemic started kind of you know remove some people not because i didn't agree with them but because of the volatility that they have become you know i might just post something innocuous as to a news article for example and then you start getting people just jumping on that because it's you know and then they take it as if it's my opinion you know i might have an opinion towards something but maybe i'm just posting a news article out there for you know food for thought type of thing but it seems like the volatility of the responses are getting worse and worse you know i think back to uh, the days of you know greek philosophers i'm sure they probably all sat around and even maybe even in the early church you know people sitting around and and talking about ideas and discussing things and you know trying to figure out you know different aspects to christianity versus some of the other religions that might have been going on at the time and you know jesus had strict instructions as far as his disciples when they were going out and you know preaching the gospel on when to engage when not to engage and how to approach people and yet today it just seems like there's no compassion at all when you're talking about different ideologies there's just no kindness at all when you're talking about you know someone else's um, what they think and what their opinions are and having respect for that. You don't have to agree with it, but there's just no respect. There's just no kindness. There's nothing there. It's just straight volatility, hatred, and anger. Yeah. You know, son, when a person is not feeding their soul, um, if, if, first of all, if they don't have a connection with the Lord, if they're not born again uh, through faith in Christ. I mean, all you have then are your human resources. You don't have any of God's love to help you. And, and, um, but, but either way, I mean, whether a person is born again or not, um, everybody can, can have a very, uh, um, a very stern, uh, you know, personal approach to people if we're not careful and, and we can be harsh and you use the word compassion. I mean, you know, we, we, we need, we need the Lord's uh, compassion in our hearts. Um, and, and this love that the Bible talks about that surpasses knowledge. Um, and, and so I think that's maybe what we see happening there, son, when you give that example of just the volatility and it really seems to be ramping up, you know, um, well, you know, if, if a person doesn't have, you know, any of that in their heart, you know, the Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, Jesus said that. And, and so if, if a person's heart is just angry, uh, is just, um, you know, holding grudges, um, it, it, you know, and, and, and of course, as we've talked before, I mean, you know, everything from, you know, politics to COVID, to people disagreeing on this, disagreeing on that, you know, um, it just seems like there is a whole lot of anger in, in society. Um, there's, there's been a lot of divisive stuff that's gone on and, and there's almost like this, this bandwagon that people get onto this train that you start to ride that, um, it's just like this anger train. And, um, and boy, we, we, we need the Lord, you know, we need to get off that train and, and we need to just, you know, slow down, get with the Lord. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, a daily, even an hourly challenge as we know, you know, as believers, because, um, you know, social media is 24 seven. And, and if, um, you know, if we hop on there and, and, you know, our heart, uh, is not in a good place at that moment. And we, you know, we, we, we type something or respond in a way. I mean, of course this, this happens in interpersonal 
uh, relationships all the time as well. I mean, it just shows the need for us to guard our heart, as the Bible says, above all else. You know, the Bible tells us to guard our heart because um, these kind of explosive responses um, it's just part of our nature to do that. And when did the Lord ever do that? You know, he did that with, with the, uh, the religious leaders who were being hypocritical, but he never did that with just the, the sinners he was uh, ministering to, you know, people like us who need him and, and who want him in our life. But um, I just think for, for all those maybe who find themselves in a place today where their heart is just hard and angry and bitter, um, you know, that can be a, that can be hopefully a wake up call to say, Hey, you know, um, there is somebody who can, who can take that bitterness and that hardness and he died for me on the cross and, and, and he loves me. And, and if I will surrender to him, uh, I can begin to experience that same love then toward others. But, uh, definitely it requires, uh, you know, coming to Christ and doing business with him and getting that new heart because, uh, if left to ourselves, I mean, our hearts just are not capable of doing that at all. You know, you're right about the burglar, you know, someone evil coming into your house, you know, when we were growing up, it was make sure the doors are locked, the windows are locked, so the bad man doesn't get inside. But with technology, we allow the so-called bad man to get inside through our phones, through our computer, social media apps, you know, anything that's on the computer, webcams, stuff like that is into the home already. And so it becomes now a discipline on how we use those things. And it seems like that's the one area that people really can't, discipline themselves when um, I was watching a documentary and the guy made a comment when you wake up in the morning when do you check your social media is it before you go to the bathroom or while you're going to the bathroom he goes those are the only mm. two choices you know it's like first yeah. thing in the morning you go right there it's almost like we're addicted to this do you think that yeah. contributes like it's almost like a, an alternate persona so to speak you know it's like mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. this you know when and, and another thing that was kind of interesting that I've learned is that, you know, when it comes to drugs and computer, those are the only two entities that refer to the people, the consumers, as users. And I thought that was kind of interesting because it's almost like that. It's almost like when you have somebody who is addicted to drugs when they're not high, they're a certain kind of person, temperament, personality, et cetera. Then when they take drugs or maybe an alcohol, an alcoholic that drinks, when he's not drunk, he might be a certain way. But then when he drinks, his persona comes out, you know, evil, mean, you know, abusive, that type of thing. And it's almost that way with the computer, with social media, with that on world or online worldly presence. It's like we almost become different people because I've seen people that I've known in real life and I've talked with them and got to know them. And then I see some stuff on social media and, you know, maybe I'm guilty of this, too, that people are like, wow, that's that same person. They're completely different online with the stuff that they say and the stuff that they put out there versus who they are in real life. So is there something possibly to that, that just that addiction to it and getting caught up and wrapped up in that? Like, you almost like running with a gang, you know, you want to stay away from that because yeah. that's what draws us in and causes us to then have these issues that we're having when it comes to, you know, having thin skin and a hard heart. Right. You know, I, I, I think that there is um, definitely something like that that's going on. So I kind of equated to what can happen to people 
when they get out on the freeway and, 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 and they get into that rush and maybe they're feeling impatient or, you know, there's all those factors out on the freeway that, that can serve as triggers. And, and if you get one popping at you after the other um, and you're not in a good frame of mind or, you know, you're not, um, you know, really just watching your heart in that situation um, before, you know, you can be all frustrated or maybe, you know, um, just having thoughts or attitudes, or even words toward other drivers that you, you wouldn't even have had 15 minutes earlier, you know? So I, I think just like that can happen on the freeway uh, as we're driving, I think on the uh, information freeway, you know, we hop on there, like you say, many times, uh, you know, it's so easy just to hop on there, you know, from morning till night. But um, there are things that can trigger our emotions, can trigger our responses. Um, and, you know, there do seem to be people, Son, who go out of their way to, you know, post things online that are very um, confrontational. Um, uh, but, but as we've also talked about before, um, you know, we all have a choice then. Uh, and, and, and I think that if we find that maybe, um, you know, that, that sort of environment, uh, triggers within us, you know, just feelings that aren't very kind or, or very hopeful or very prayerful. Um, you know, may, maybe not maybe, I mean, most of the times I think we'd probably be a lot better off if we'd have spent some or all of that time in, in prayer or scripture meditation, because, um, there is a lot online that can just trigger things that, um, are not going to feed our, our, our soul. So I think we have to have boundaries in terms of, you know, how much time we, we, we spend on that. Um, and, and then how much time we we're, we're filling our minds with, with just, you know, the word of God and, and, and so many other things in life. But, um, there does seem to be that kind of that atmosphere that if, uh, especially for people maybe who are more prone toward just, um, you know, wanting to almost pick a fight or be confrontational. And, uh, you know, isn't it crazy how, I mean, I mean, all it takes is maybe, um, you know, one person responding, like I, I'm amazed and I don't have, you know, Twitter, but I'm amazed, you know, I, I get the sense that, you know, anybody can respond to anything anybody puts on Twitter. And so you might be, you know, you know, halfway across the country and you respond with one thing about this one person's tweet. And now all of a sudden that goes viral. Now you got a thousand people talking about that because so-and-so is, I mean, so many things are just, they, they just blow up so quickly. And, and, and a lot of times it's because something inappropriate was said. Um, other times it's just, I think maybe people instigating things, but, um, my goodness, uh, you know, it, it definitely, um, is, is a, a platform and it's a, it's a tool that uh, unless a person has the, um, really the heart and the maturity to be doing it in a helpful way, there's so many harmful things that, that happen, I think, uh, online with people's responses and criticisms. And uh, now, obviously, you know, we're, may we're maybe not talking a lot right now about, you know, plenty of good things that can also happen, uh, you know, and do happen online. But yeah, you definitely have to be careful um, because, there again, um, thick skin and a soft heart, uh, are going to be needed. And, and if an individual finds that, you know, I'm, I, I kind of have a weakness in terms of, I, I, I don't like, I don't like to hear criticism either about me or about somebody else or, or whatever it is. Well, then maybe, uh, that, that would be a good reason to then maybe avoid it as much as possible because, 
if, if you're not really feeling strong enough to be able to handle that, well, um, you know, there's a whole world out here in which to live and you don't even have to go online at all, you know? So um, I, I, it does come down to, I think, just setting some good boundaries, but also really watching our heart to, to see, am I, am I getting pulled into a, a, a place where my heart is becoming hard toward um, someone where, um, you know, I, I'm not experiencing any compassion for, you know, uh, you know, people or people who have this view or, or whatever it might be, or people who take this position or, or, you know, so I think we have to watch ourselves and, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a daily, it's a daily battle. And, and, uh, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about us guarding our heart and, and, uh, you know, really seeking to live with kindness and compassion and not, you know, not bitterness and rage and anger and all the things that we know our sinful nature is capable of, but the God has really called us to, to something different than that. You know, it's amazing. I've seen people from all walks of life holding all different kinds of jobs, but even more specifically people that, you know, work with kids, whether it be teachers, whether it be even parents, whether it be coaches, you know, and coaching is the biggest thing. I think back to, you know, my time playing youth sports through high school. And I was fortunate to have a lot of good coaches, you know, including my father. He coached a lot uh, of uh, my baseball teams growing up and then my high school football coach. And so I was fortunate to have some pretty good coaches when it comes to the temperament, too, of how they coach. And so I've adapted kind of that mentality. Plus, I'm just not a fiery guy anyways. But coaching you know, was always a place where I found it interesting that people, adults, would fly off the handle, you know, talking about having a, a hard heart and thin skin. You know, coaches, a player does something wrong, and they're yelling and screaming at them and pulling them off the field and, you know, all this different stuff going on. It's almost like it was accepted. And I was looking at these coaches, and I'd, I'd be like, okay, why, if you're a teacher and a coach, you're in the classroom, and would you really throw that history book against the wall or upturn some, you know, desks in the room because your kid got a, a one of the students got like a problem wrong on a test or something? No, but you do that on the on the, you know, baseball field or in the basketball court or something or on the football field, you yell and scream and you actually pretty much are acting childish. And that mentality is kind of creeping into other areas now. And what I mean by that is, you know, adults acting as child as children and yet we try to discourage our kids from acting that way, the younger generation. And so, you know, I'm working in uh, many different schools, and I see different teachers using different tactics to try to control the behavior of kids, especially the bad behavior, you know, breaking the rules. And yet then they'll go out and they'll do the exact same thing, pretty much throw a tantrum, you know, say some things not supposed to say, act in a manner in which they're not supposed to. And yet that day they were just reprimanding the young kids on not to do that. And then they go and do the exact same thing. And it's just kind of crazy how people don't have that mindset to think that I'm being hypocritical right now in my behavior because I'm lashing out because someone said something, posted something or cut me off on the road or, you know, took the last thing in the store or bumped carts with me, whatever the case may be, I'm going to fly off the handle. I'm going to get mad. And yet they don't realize the hypocrisy in what they're doing because earlier in that day when they were dealing with the youth, they were trying to correct their behaviors. And now they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, I think of, you know, Proverbs 15, one, uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And boy, does that ever seem to play play out in so many situations, Son, where, um, you know, something gets going and then people 
they they respond harshly. And I mean, you know, we regularly will read stories in the news um, or hear them of, of of just terrible, tragic situations where you know either from a road rage thing or maybe in a grocery store or or somebody got mad. Uh, um, you know, uh, oh, I was just I just reading one today of uh, there was a guy like in his eighties who bought a home and turns out he didn't end up liking the home and he wanted to return it or something. And well, he ended up killing the realtor, like the 41, 42 year old realtor. I, I mean, you know who, I don't know the really many specifics of the whole situation, but what a terrible thing. Um, and, and, you know, w- w- was this a man who has, has just, you know, I mean, is he just unstable emotionally? Is he somebody who's had just, you know, major anger issues in the past? I mean, obviously he's on, you know, anybody who's going to do that has a huge amount of instability, but is, is it more of a, a mental illness that led to that? Was it just rage? Was it um, an impulsive thing? Uh, but, but I mean, you know, when, when somebody picks up a gun, when, when they're angry like that, I mean, it just takes things to a whole other level. And now th- this man, you know, this young man, uh, his life, was lost. I mean, he had, I'm sure, you know, uh, well, I just a little bit I read, I mean, he was very well liked, very popular real estate agent. And, and so it's just like senseless, you know, why, how could that possibly happen? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of the, kind of the extreme, I guess, on of what we're talking about here with, you know, people doing that online. Um, I mean, taking it to the next level and then some, uh, but my goodness, what, what a tragedy and what a, what an illustration of how much, you know, we need the Lord because we are, as human beings, we are very capable of self-destruction and, and even just harming others. You know, it's terrible. You know, the Bible talks about a couple different things in a couple different places. One, in uh, Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And you think about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I think that's one of the things that we really don't focus on in, in life. We, we think of kindness, we think of love, we think of joy, but self-control kind of gets overlooked because that's one that's easily dismissed because a lot of times we lack self-control. We lack self-control in a lot of things. We lack self-control in what we consume on social media, how much we consume on social media. You know, we uh, lose our lack of self-control or have a lack of self-control when it comes to, you know, sometimes driving, you know, and then, you know, in other places. But then when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, you talk about love, and you go back to uh, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, does not dishonor others. And so you start to see this foundational thing being done. So if we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, which includes love and self-control, and if we're going to have love and love is patient, now you start to see this foundational thing of how we should maybe start responding, and now you could start to see where the need for prayer to have thick skin and a soft heart comes into play. Because if we're quick to react in a negative fashion or we're quick to get angry or we're quick to think thoughts of somebody that isn't, you know, the right thoughts because of something that they said or whatever the case may be, you know, we need to start praying about that and having to change our heart because that's the only thing that's going to matter because that's what it ultimately comes down to is the heart. How we think is usually what our heart is like. So if we're thinking bad thoughts, our heart is usually hard. If we're thinking good thoughts, kindness, love, gentleness, then a heart is probably going in the right direction, but it's all predicated on the amount of prayer that we do for that and how much God intervenes, because only God can intervene in the hearts of man 
and mold them the way that will then give us thick skin and a soft heart. Yeah, I'm really glad, Son, you, you mentioned that 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 uh, passage about the fruit of the spirit because I think I think that word that you referred to there that's in Galatians five, uh, twenty three, self control. You know, controlling self is um, really our biggest challenge as as human beings and as Christians. Um, now, the advantage that we have if we're Christian is that we have the Lord who is helping us to uh, say no to self and, and, and to not just be controlled by, by self, especially when self starts to go, um, you know, get out of control. Uh, the, the Lord is, is the one that can, can guide us and lead us and, and really um, be, be the, uh, be the one that's producing, um, the, the, the fruit, uh, the fruit of the spirit in us. If we don't have the Lord, then, then it really is up to us. And, and, you know, let's face it. I mean, there are a lot of people who, who are not Christians who seem to have, you know, lots of self-control in many areas of their life. And that's very commendable and everything. So it's not like, well, you know, if you're a Christian, then, you know, you have self-control. If you're not a Christian, you don't. Um, I mean, we all uh, have a battle with self and controlling self. And I think every human being son has got different, you know, areas in life that are tougher uh, for him or her to control in, in their own life. And, and so the more we can be aware of those, uh, the more we can um, be aware of what might trigger uh, ourself uh, to, to engage in a way that's not wholesome. What might trigger self within us to, to respond harshly? Um, uh, and, and, you know, uh, as far as the, the thick skin aspect of it, um, that's something God can give us as we, as we, as we pray for those who maybe have wronged us or people that we don't care for or, or that we're having an attitude about. So there's some very proactive things we can do, um, you know, to guard our heart, meditating on scripture, praying for those people who we have a, a bad attitude toward. Um, but I tell you that, that guy, that guy, that self, he's, he's still there. And, and if we don't keep an eye on him, you know, I mean, he is our biggest enemy. I mean, sometimes people will say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, we have a bigger enemy than the devil and that's self, uh, especially when self, um, you know, starts to, um, get caught up in some, you know, sinful, uh, sinful move like, you know, anger or rage or whatever. I mean, fill in the blank, but, but self is capable of, of, of running off in any direction. So, uh, self has to be controlled. Um, we have to say no to self and Jesus will do the rest, you know, but, but, you know, he's not going to say no to ourself for us. That, that's the role we do get to, uh, to do in our life of, of sanctification of Christian living. Um, in fact, in Titus, it says that the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. So, um, you know, we teach that word to our children when they're young, you know, um, uh, we, we, we teach them, no, you know, you can't have that now. No, you can't do that. Um, and we have to teach it to ourselves, though. I think our entire life, we have to teach ourselves to say no. Uh, and, and, um, you know, that, that 82 year old man who, who took the life of the realtor, um, I don't know what was going on in, in his head or his mind when he did that. But, but one word he was not uh, listening to was the word no. Um, he was not, um, he, he was giving in to self. And, and his self uh, destroyed this other man's life and now his, you know, what's left of his life, you know. So that's what self can do. If self is not under control, um, self can be extremely destructive.
you know, Dan, recently in the past month or so, I've been working with um, special needs, you know, special education students, some of them really severe, you know, they really, it's when you, when you, when you spend time with them, you start to realize that, you know, life here on earth sometimes just isn't fair. You know, people were born with, you know, disabilities that aren't going to allow them to do a lot of things. And some of them are just merely existing. And so, you know, what people are trying to do is just give them some sort of normalcy, some sort of like a regular life, trying to get them to do some skills. And when you spend time with them, you start to realize that some of the other stuff, in fact, a lot of the other stuff that goes on in the world is really quite petty, really is insignificant. I mean, you think about it. So someone posts something, hey, you should get the vaccine. And then everybody else jumps on them. Or, hey, you should wear a mask. Everybody jumps on them. Or, you know, there's a disagreement whether there's a mask, uh, you should wear a mask or not. And so a non-mask person, let's say, walks into a store and everybody gets up in arms. Or, like recently I saw a clip from somebody after the Southwest Airlines debacle with all the flights being canceled and stuff. And they're doing some, you know, man-on-the-street type interviews, interviewing the travelers and getting their perspective and opinions and someone said that they were blaming the maskless and the unvaccinated. And, and she said, I don't want to be around them, you know. And I'm starting to think to myself, you know, those, I understand that there's an underlying health thing going on. I get that. But it's almost like the way we go about it is so petty. I mean, there's people that are struggling day in and day out with complications from just being born, you know, from complications of, you know, maybe being and in a situation where there's abusive parents, uh, in a situation where they've been sex trafficked, uh, where they're being abused. I mean, there's all these deep things that go on, especially with young people, with kids. And when you start to look at some of these things, it puts perspective on it, at least for me. And so when I start thinking about, okay, is this person getting under my skin or am I being offended by what someone posts on social media? The more and more I realize that there are some real needs out there that I can focus my energy on, that I can focus my you know prayers on, that I can focus you know life on that would be far greater serving using that energy in other areas than sitting around and getting on social media and complaining about it or, you know, yelling at the person that, you know, cut me off and giving the middle finger or, you know, those different things. It becomes so petty when you start to look at the other things going on. Or maybe the widow next door that just lost a husband or, you know, a number of things. I heard a story recently where uh, Tyler Perry, the actor Tyler Perry, when he was 13, he's, he's walking to school and on the street corner there's a guy that says, well, somebody help me cross the street. And he was a blind guy. And all these people are going by. And you think about it that, you know, this is probably in a day and age where there wasn't the, the, the street crossing technology that we have today. We've got the beeps and the voices come out and saying you can cross the street now. The light is green. And so Tyler Perry, at the age of 13, decided to stop and, and help him cross the street. And eventually that became a, a regular thing and ultimately developed a relationship. And he says that for the first time, Tyler Perry says, for the first time in my life, another man saw me for who I was and had the value that I had, and he was blind. And it's almost like we need to have blinders on to, 
you know, as a horse running down the track, put blinders on to not be distracted by all the nonsense that's going on in the periphery and focus on the cross and realize that the cross is the only thing that matters. And with that, under the cross comes things that we can do and focus our attention and focus our energy, have the love, have the kindness, have the patience, have the self-control, you know, be gentle and do all the things that, you know, God asks us to do to mankind, to our fellow neighbors. And it's almost like we have to have those blinders on because the periphery, the distractions will take us away and draw us down, you know, another road. Yeah. You know, Sean, that's such an excellent point. And I think, um, you know, what, 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 what we're, what we're seeing in this example you just gave, and as we think about this is, you know, it's one thing, you know, for, for us to try to just, um, you know, avoid situations maybe on social media where we, we might find ourselves being drawn into some negativity or even responding in a negative way. But I think what you're pointing out is, is so critical. And that is, um, what's even more helpful is important is, is that first thing is what's even more helpful is that we, that we allow the Lord to lead us into what he wants us to be doing to help others, to serve others, to reach others with, with the gospel, to meet their spiritual, their physical needs. You know, the, the, those people who are consumed with serving and helping others, um, they don't even really have time to, 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 uh, just be, um, you know, getting into all sorts of nonsense online with, with debating this or, or criticizing that, you know, um, they're, they're too busy serving. And, and I think that is one of the dangers too with the, the social media today is there are so many, um, there's so many things that can just pull somebody into a confrontational kind of a debate with, with somebody that really isn't going to go anywhere positive because, uh, I mean, unless it's just a, um, you know, maybe you, you, you know, you and a friend are, are, are going over some issues and, and there's some real helpful, um, interaction going on and maybe, you know, a real openness to, to look at some new ideas. I mean, uh, if it's just something online where people are trying to win the argument or maybe they post something negative about, you know, uh, an article or, uh, uh, whatever it might be, um, you know, we, we have to have, something that God has given us to do, uh, and the Holy spirit then is, is going to fill us a whole lot more when we're serving than when we're just, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe becoming critical of someone else, obviously, or, or, or getting into a debate with someone. Um, so I think that's the key. Um, and, and that's really, again, such a big part of the Christian life, isn't it? That, that we find that niche, where does God want me serving, um, where do I find joy? Where do others, um, uh, you know, where, where are others blessed, uh, by, by my service? Um, and, and so as, as I think the more that we do that, then, um, the thicker our skin becomes and the softer our heart becomes because we are flowing in more spiritual power when, when we're doing that than we are when we're, we're, we're getting into, you know, you mentioned the word petty, you know, when, when, then when we get into these, this is little, these little petty things um, that we're all capable of getting into. And like you said, son, there's all sorts of examples of that online. And, and, you know, you, you can be a third person. You can be looking at like some exchange that people are having online and, and, and it is so incredibly petty. And, and it's just like what you, what you, what you want to be able to do is just to say to the folks, you know, I mean, find, um, find a mission, you know, I mean, you know, um, come to the Lord and then find a, find a mission, a, a, a ministry, a, a, a service because, because this banter back and forth, 
um, it's not helping. It's not helping uh, anyone. So uh, that that's the. That's the goal, I guess, that we want to try to, you know, the Bible even talks about equipping, you know, the saints for works of service, which is just, you know, Christians being built up, you know, in their local, in their local church, you know, to serve the Lord as, as we build up um, God's people in the word and, and, and encourage people in the use of their own gifts. But I think that's also part of the whole equation here of, of um, you know, all the distractions uh, that are um, online, all the confrontations that are online, all of the uh, pettiness that's online. Um, I think uh, there would be less of that if, if, you know, um, those were, were being exchanged, those, those uh, petty interactions uh, were being exchanged for, you know, getting, getting out away from, you know, the phone or the computer and just, doing something to serve, doing something to serve those in your family, first and foremost, and then, you know, others. So, so those are, those are the challenges and, and, um, you know, those opportunities are all around us. Uh, but we just have to be, uh, prayerfully looking for, you know, where, where does God want to use my gifts so that I can kind of hopefully rise above just that, that really low level of, of, of living where it's just about pettiness and conflict and confrontation and division. You know, how can I, by God's grace, rise above that? I, cause, because, I mean, who wants to live there? I suppose some people do, it seems, but, but boy, it, it's, it's no fun. And even more importantly than that, it certainly doesn't please the Lord. I don't believe when, when that becomes what our existence is about. So, you know, Dan, I remember growing up the movie, the hiding place, the story about Corey ten boom, and Corey Ten Boom, for people that don't know, her family lived in the Netherlands, and it was during World War II when they were hiding the Jews from the Nazis. And they eventually got busted and hauled off to a concentration camp. And there was a scene in the movie, and they were always, you know, it's a Christian family. She was a Christian woman. And the sister was always trying to help Corey Ten Boom see past, you know, the Nazi soldiers. And there was hatred, I guess, starting to build up in Corey Ten Boom's heart where she had a vision. And they show the vision on the movie where she has an axe, a pickaxe, and she's pickaxing a soldier to death because that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to exact her revenge, you know, because of what they're putting her through. And, again, it was uh, an image, like a, a it wasn't real, didn't really happen. It was what, It was kind of on her heart. And the sister had to step in and intervene and remind her to, you know, pray for them, that that's not what God wants, that, you know, God is in control. He's going to take a, take care of everything. And eventually, Corey Ten Boom was released. A lot of her family did not survive. And then she went on to tell this powerful story. Uh, and it's really a story of forgiveness, really, when it comes down to it and, and trusting in God and knowing God's in control. But I remember for the first time thinking that, you know, here's somebody that really openly expressed what they wanted to do to somebody and it was that of revenge, and that revenge had a vivid imagery of a pickaxe killing a Nazi soldier. And then the contrast with, you know, no, we don't do that. We don't lash out like that. And so anyways, the point is, is that there's a lot of times that people do do things to us and that we might feel justified and we might feel like it's okay to, to do it this way, to get our revenge. But, you know, it's all in God's hand because God has it in control, Whatever happens, God's in control, and the you know, Bible talks about it, and a lot of people debate it, but it says, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And so it's like we got to just, again, remember to stay focused because there's going to be things out there. It might not be that tragic. I mean, I, I was just thinking the other day, you know, somebody rear-ended my car and smashed the back end of it, and I'm thinking, who would do this? Nobody left a note, and now I'm starting to go through, you know, 
the chain of who could it be. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on the, the lookout for a certain kind of car with a certain color because there's red you know, scratches on the car and my car is black. And you, know, and you start to kind of put this formula together. And then after a while, you're like, well, I'll just call the insurance and have them deal with it. Um, but you, know, you start to kind of build up these things because you've been wronged. And sometimes you feel like right. you're vindicated because you were wrong, that like you have the, the vindication to go after somebody because you were wronged. Or, you know, we take them to court to try to sue them. And so sometimes we just need to step back and kind of be like Corey Tamboom's sister and realize that, you know what, God's in control. God has this. You know, we have to do our due diligence, but, but God has this. Or, you know, moving. When we uh, moved, we had some issues with the uh, – the moving company, you know, they ruined a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of goods were damaged. And, you know, you get upset and you want to take action. And to a certain degree, yes, there's, you know, legal means to do it. And you can do those things. But then you also have to realize that, you know, God's in control and there might be a reason for this. There might be a lesson in here that we need to learn. And then also, you know, sin is in the world and people are wrong us, but we don't have to react in such an anger way. We can react in a correct way. Which might which might require you know correct steps in rectifying a wrong. You know if somebody does us wrong, especially in the legal world, you know if somebody commits a crime, they should be held accountable for it. But we don't have to go get vengeance justice. You know we don't have to go out there and get the lynch mob out there, so to speak, like they used to do way back when, and and go after it ourselves. You know we can realize that you know what god has it god's in control we can go about things the correct way and do it in the right way with the right heart but we don't have to be you know so angry and so hard-hearted against those people that do us wrong yeah i tell you son isn't that uh isn't that so difficult for us as human beings i mean and as christians as well i mean you know we we have something like that happen and it's so easy to just slip back into you know, the old way of responding, uh, you know, how would, how would Christ respond? How would he want us to respond, respond? And, and, you know, you mentioned a couple of examples there of just what, what you've been through there with, um, you know, damaged, uh, you know, items and, and a damaged vehicle. And it's like, you know, we, we, we know what our, we know what our natural response is to that, you know, but, um, you know, what, what, what does the Christian response look like? And, and then, are we in the moment, you know, are we going to be in the moment when that happens and, and, and that we're even focused on what the Christian response should be? I mean, that's, I think, part of uh, our Christian uh, maturity as well is that, um, I mean, you know, nobody expects these things to happen. Um, they do come out of the blue. And, uh, and then the question is, you know, is my Christianity, um, is it, is the Lord filling my life to the point where moment by moment, I'm going to be ready when, when those unexpected things happen. And, and in those situations where we're not, um, if we just allow our mind or our, or our tongue to just, you know, just to lack self-control, I mean, if we respond in the flesh rather than in the spirit, which we're very capable of, um, I mean, it's, it's going to be a much different outcome. So I think those are some, some great examples, Son, of just, um, you know, how, how difficult it can be, but also, um, it's not impossible. You know, it, it, it's, that's, you know, nobody said the Christian life is easy. Um, nobody said following Christ, you know, is, is easy. And, um, when, when surprises happen and things happen that, you know, really we say they, there's no reason that should have happened. Uh, but then I guess we can always compare it because as, as, uh, challenging as it, you know, it, it can be to have material things damaged, 
Um, you know, how do you respond if you're the family of this, you know, 40, 41, 42 year old realtor? I mean, his life was taken. Um, and I mean, what if, you know, what if, what if they're a Christian family? I mean, how do you respond to that and even begin to wrap your mind around what just happened? You know, so, um, you know, this world, as Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Uh, but he said, take heart, I've overcome the world. And um, thankfully, when we get to heaven one day, you know, as Christians, we're not going to have, you know, any of these um, hardships or, or difficulties. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, um, there are opportunities for us to, to spread the love of, of Christ. In, in the way we respond, in, in the way we go about our life. And uh, I know I, I think those are uh, some very good examples of, of just how practical this needs to be and how difficult it can be, you know, even for those of us who know the Lord. You know, to, to kind of sum it up with that Corey Ten Boom, this was what I was looking for, was a quote that she said, even as, this is what she was saying, it's quoted from Corey Ten Boom, even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Then she prays, Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. And that's like what we have to do. You know, it's almost like we have to take on that. Nothing, first of all, nothing can be worse than what Jesus endured on the cross. Right. So anything that's done to us by somebody else cannot be worse. Correct. Second of all, if we are Christian, if something does happen, if we are persecuted as a Christian, that may then we can spend eternity in glory. We're going to heaven. And so even right. though even though on earth that's an uncomfortable thought, it's still we can go to heaven if something happens to us as a Christian. If we're martyred for a faith or something bad happens, we know that that's not the end of life, that now we can spend all eternity in heaven. But yep. then but then the other thing too is, you know, spinning it around and realizing that, you know, Jesus died. Do we need to ask for any more than that? You know, and then we need to reflect on ourselves and realize that we're not perfect either. Whoever offends us, I'm sure we probably offend others. Whoever's done something to us, we've probably done to somebody else. And we need to remember that, you know, we're not perfect. And so therefore we need to forgive just as Christ forgave us, because what more could we ask than what Jesus did by dying on the cross? There's no more penalty that needs to be paid. There's no more, you know, anything that needs to be done. And again, I want to be careful because, you know, there are certain things that do transpire in this world. Like you mentioned, you know, with the the realtor getting killed, obviously the person that did that, you know, is going to be held accountable, should be held accountable, and should then suffer Mm -hmm. the penalties for violating the law, you know, obviously. But, you know, us, when we're talking about having, you know, soft skin, thick skin, soft heart, hard heart, what more are we going to require from somebody else that God hasn't already? And then put it in the hands of God and let God take care of it because as long as we leave it up to him and then we involve ourselves in a, in a solid prayer, like Corey Tamboom did here with, you know, forgive me, help me forgive him. You know, that really sums it up, I think, for me anyways. Yeah, and, and, and it really, I think, illustrates once again, Son, that, you know, the easy part of Christianity is receiving God's forgiveness because of all the, the work Jesus put in, um, I mean, beyond anything we'll ever know, the, his, his pain, his agony, his suffering, um, his sacrifice, you know, that the easy part is us receiving the free gift. The challenging part of Christianity is, is of course, then living like Jesus when, when we are wrong. And, and as you said, we'll never be wrong, you know, worse than he was, obviously. 
But, but that's the difficult, challenging part. And yet that's part of uh, part of the whole package, isn't it? I mean, that, that's what God calls us to. Um, he calls us to be a, a people of forgiveness, not a people who hold grudges, not a people who, um, you know, uh, stay angry. I mean, you know, um, you even mentioned Corey Temboom's, you know, just her initial response. I mean, who wouldn't have just, you know, some initial feelings of, of, of anger and, and even just righteous anger. But I mean, ultimately we get to choose whether we're going to live in anger and bitterness or whether we're going to choose to pray for those who wronged us or persecuted us or, or um, caused us some, some inconveniences or some material loss or whatever it might be. Um, and, uh, and we need the grace of God. I mean, the, 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 the bigger the offense, the more grace we need. Um, you know, the, the harder it was, I mean, if, if something was done to us or, or, you know, one of our loved ones, or, uh, I mean, just all sorts of situations that can just become very, very, uh, very, very difficult. And we need the grace of God. And, and, uh, that's really a big part of Christianity though, isn't it? Um, you know, forgiving others the way God first forgave us. I think about, you know, first John four nineteen. we love because he first loved us. So, so that's, that's our, that's our calling. That's our mission. Um, it's a lot easier said than done, but boy, um, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is 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 just l- so loving and and will fill us with with the love of God in our hearts, uh, especially when we need it, because we don't have that that kind of love. Uh, we, we we have the quick responses, the maybe the anger, the resentment, um, and and if anybody's listening right now, and and maybe they're struggling, son, with some personal resentment towards somebody else, you know, one, one thing I would throw out there as a thought uh, to you uh, would, would be, um, have you tried just praying for that individual? And, and uh, you know, your first thought might be, well, um, you know, I don't feel like praying for, for that person. And, and, and that's really part of uh, the reason why it's so needed, because of course we don't feel like praying for certain people, but, but that's one of the ways that the Lord is going to change our hearts and, and give us thicker skin and a softer heart by, uh, you know, by, by us praying for those that we don't feel like praying for. So, so even that's just part of our Christian discipleship and God will help us to do that. Um, even when we don't feel like doing it. Um, but, uh, that's kind of the, the narrow road. I, I believe that, you know, the Lord talks about, you know, when we, when we follow him and, and really why the Bible says, you know, only, there are only a few on the narrow road, you know, there are only a few who relatively speaking, it seems to have accepted Christ as savior. And then, um, and then are letting Christ live in them and through them, um, to, to forgive others and, and to not walk in resentment, uh, even in a world with all the social media and all the other stuff, all the noise, all the conflict, everything else going on, all the personal challenges that people have. Um, but God can help us to, um, to walk on that narrow road with, with our Savior and knowing that our sins are forgiven because he died for us and then asking the Lord to help us uh, to forgive those that we maybe are having a hard time, um, you know, forgiving or even thinking about maybe. And and so we need prayer. We need the word. And, and the Lord is with us. And he, he's going to continue to help everyone who calls on him and, and, and just seeks forgiveness for their own sins and, and then, um, you know, seeks to live for him. Dan, one more, t- one more thing as we kind of wrap things up here. I think it's kind of important to remind people that the cross is the place to go for anything that we need. If we've done something wrong, if we need help, you know, like Corey Tamboom to forgive those that have offended us. If, you know, we have questions, you know, the cross is the place to go to keep our focus on. And so sometimes in this uh, day and age, it's kind of hard to, to find the resources or the, 
the you know people just even talk to or maybe throw out an email to or something like that and so um you know i always like to make myself available if anybody wants to you know reach out to me and and ask questions or you know need assistance trying to find some resources or anything like that um is there a place that people might be able to, you know, reach out to you if they're trying to, you know, just want some advice, maybe want to ask you questions, maybe sure. follow up on sure. this, anything like that? Where might they be able to, uh, to, to reach yeah, you I at? Would just, I would just welcome uh, anyone to email me, uh, Dan Delzell, D-A-N-D-E-L-Z-E-L-L, D-A-N-D-E-L-Z-E-L-L at Cox, C-O-X dot net. And, yeah, I would welcome that, Son, because, you know, you make a great point. Um, a lot of times, you know, we can, we can hear some of these things, these important things, but, but then we just need a little more, uh, we need to, a sounding board to run some ideas by somebody or say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this or, you know, that, so we all need that. And so, yes, uh, that, that's, that's a great reminder, son, that, 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 you know, you and I are here for folks who, um, might feel led to, you know, reach out and say, Hey, um, can you kind of help me take that next step or can you maybe help me with this issue that I'm wrestling with or question or, 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 or um, something else that I'm dealing with. So yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And for those of you that want to uh, reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Edom rocks, E I D E M R O C K S. And you can just hit the the message button there and, and send me a message and, uh, Dan, I appreciate it as always the time that we spend together and I look forward to many more of these uh, opportunities, uh, God willing. Well, I sure do as well, son. And thanks for once again, tackling such a, such a, an important topic for all of us and, and giving us the opportunity to kind of put some of our thoughts out there and, and let others think about that as they pray about what, what we've discussed, what we've heard today. And I know the Lord's going to, going to use this in all of our lives. So thank you, son, for all you're doing and, and just for, uh, you know, having me along for the ride again today. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and until next time, God bless.